Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 team previews. Today's team, the Minnesota Wild. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here again at IAD Sports. Make sure you check out our website down below, IADsports.com, for all of our team previews coming up because we're previewing all 32 teams in the NHL before the start of the season in October. And if you're here on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe for all of our team previews that we've got coming up. We're halfway through the Central Division. We're almost all the way through. And... We're also all the way through the Pacific Division, so if you got a favorite team there, go and check out our playlist on our YouTube page. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're currently following us here, thank you guys so much because without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this on a weekly basis. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Doing well, and here we are to preview the Minnesota Wild, a team that sort of surprised people last year. But a team right now that has a not a lot of question marks, but maybe one humongous question mark and still hasn't been solved yet. We will get into that later on, but why don't we just get right to the beginning of it right now? We certainly will. So let's first go back and look at some stats from last year for the Minnesota Wild. So first and foremost, what was Minnesota's record last year? Well, it was 35-16-5, which was good for 75 points, and they finished third in the NHL West Division last year. And uh, they exceeded expectations last year. They were not seen as a potential playoff team, though. Got to give myself pats on back. I was one of the people that believed in the Minnesota Wild, and lo and behold, they ended up making it. Uh, Power play and penalty kill stats, they were... Like right in the middle. They were right at league average. They were slightly below average on the power play, uh, sitting at 17.58% on the power play. The league average is 19%, so they fell about 2% below that mark. On the penalty kill, they were slightly above average, slightly above, above league average, sitting at 80.75% on the penalty kill. Leading scorers for the Minnesota Wild, we had... The Calder Trophy winner from last year for the Rookie of the Year, Kirill Kaprizov with 50 points, then Kevin Fiala with 40 points, and former Ranger Tom, Matt Zuccarello, with 35 points. Mm -hmm. So, interesting to see him in that upper echelon there. I wasn't a Zuc I like Zuccarello, but I wasn't a Zuc Colty. I wasn't one of the people crying like a baby when they traded him either. So I mean, you weren't them, one of the I people just going Zuc. I mean, every don't get me wrong. Game. I was. I like Zuccarello. I liked. I liked that he did what he like. I liked that he did what he did there. But I mean, come on. I wasn't uh, hailing Matt Zuccarello as another Jean Rattel or another uh, Mark Messier. You know. I get that. Some key additions and subtractions here for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, on the addition side, we had some uh, really kind of bolstering the decor here. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov, Alex Galagoski, John Merrill, and Frederick Goudreau. And on the subtraction side of thing, the era has ended. Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter both bought out this season with also other subtractions such as Nick Benino, Ian Cole, Brad Hunt, Marcus Johansson, Matt Bartowski, 
and Carson Soucy to the expansion draft. Carson Soucy is now a Seattle Kraken. So some pretty interesting additions and subtractions, you know, pretty interesting on both sides here. But now we got to talk about some X factors on the current Minnesota Wilds team. And when we're talking about X factors, no, we are not talking about NHL 22 X factors. Of course, we are talking about our own brand of X factors who we feel is important and paramount to the team's success this year. Tom, as usual, I've done enough talking here. It's time to hear from you. Who do you feel are X factors on this Minnesota Wild team? Well, one thing that comes into mind first for me really isn't a single player that comes to mind first for me. It's just sort of um, the leadership and the direction of the team in general. I mean, they've always kind of been a very veteran, Latin, veteran-heavy team. Um, we spoke about guys like Zach Parise and Ryan Suter who left for um, many, many years. They also had Eric Stoll. Uh, yeah, Eric Stoll. I was about to say Mark Stoll. It was, it was Eric Stoll. I don't know why I get them confused. Was there as well. Um this team with their younger players always had veteran guys, guys who had been there before. You know, it's a sort of uh, lean on. They're not there anymore. So it's going to be real interesting this year to see um, uh, how this team deals with adversity when you don't have guys like that to lean on anymore. Um, and they're going to need – I know Jared Spurgeon's the captain, and he's a good player and whatnot, but Jared Spurgeon doesn't have nearly the experience that guys like, say, Zach Parise, Ryan Suter, Eric Stahl, and then – um. Also, somebody who was there up until two years ago, there was a long-time captain, Miko, Miko Koivu have, you know. He he just doesn't have that. It's not a knock on him. Still a pretty good player, but he's not – he doesn't have the experience level that, say, those guys had when they were there. Um, One exact – one actual player that kept popping in my mind here is Matt Dumba. His name was thrown around in trade rumors, you know, here and there over the past few years. Um, And if the team – if a team falters in this division – and this division is wide open with the exception of two teams – the Colorado Avalanche, who are more than likely going to finish in first, and the Arizona Coyotes, who are more than likely going to finish in last. So those um those middle six spots can be anybody's, depending on how hot or how cold you get. But if Minnesota is on the outside looking into the deadline and it's looking like that they might not make a run for the playoffs, I could see them moving Matt Dumba, especially with the cap situation. Right now with Kirill Kaprizov, his, um, uh, his future we still don't know. They have $12 million left in cap space. If they use all of it or most of it on him, they're going to need cap relief somewhere, and Matt Dumba might be the guy that they may need to move out in order to get that cap relief. So just something to look at if the team does indeed falter uh, during the season. Yeah, and that being said, when it comes to Matt Dumba, he's also no slouch on defense. I mean, yeah, the past couple of years he's had not the greatest of numbers. His last real great year in terms of numbers was 2018-2019, where unfortunately he sat – a good chunk of the season, but before he sat 22 points in 32 games was doing fantastic as a member of the Minnesota wild at that point. Uh, but then the past two years, 24 points in 69 games in 2019, 2020, and then 21 points in 51 games this past year as a member of the Minnesota wild. But one thing to keep in mind, his last full season, which was 2017, 2018, he put up 50 points in that season, which as a defenseman in today's game is you're crushing it at that point. You're doing a great job. So Matt Dumba is certainly an X factor on this team. Uh, what I also wanted to address here is the Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter era is over, like officially over at this point for Minnesota, which signals the changing of the guard in Minnesota. One obvious X factor that comes to my mind is the current captain of the team, Jared Spurgeon. And Spurgeon will likely get a uh, defense line two minutes. Like he's going to play in that top four. 
but he's also most likely going to quarterback power play unit one for the Minnesota Wild. So that is really, really important to look out for, for anybody who's looking for somebody to produce on the defensive side in fantasy. Jared Spurgeon could be a really, really good option there. Uh, and he's no slouch in terms of offensive numbers. He's got thir- 305 points uh, in his career to date. Another X factor in my mind is Kevin Fiala. And Fiala has done nothing but produce since joining the Minnesota Wild in 2018. He's had 107 points in 133 games as a member of the Minnesota Wild, compared to 97 points in 204 games with the Nashville Predators. Sorry, Nashville Predators fans. But Fiala has had back-to-back 40-point seasons. So I think he could have a career year for his age 25 season. It's just going to be left to be seen just how much he can produce this year. Next, we're going to talk about some breakout candidates for the Minnesota Wild. And when we're thinking about breakout candidates, we're thinking about somebody who maybe could be an up-and-coming rookie or could have a career year where they might not have had quite a big career year yet. Tom, who in your mind is a breakout candidate or candidates for the Minnesota Wild? Okay, well, uh, one who comes to mind here is um, Matthew Baldy. Baldy's, uh, he's another part of that 2019 American Generational Draft where we had quite a few Americans go in that first round. He had 18 points in 14 games last year in Iowa at the AHL. And should Kaprizov not be back, Boldy may slot into his spot on the second line. A positive about Boldy is this. he um, uh, He's American, number one, and number two, he didn't play Canadian junior. So he can be used in the AHL this year should they deem he's not good enough to be, play on the big club to start. But I do really think that, yeah, that he's he's definitely has a chance to break out over a point per game in the AHL. Will he go at a point per game pace in the NHL? Probably not. But, you know, if he can be a 50-point guy this year, in my mind, that's good enough. If he's getting those top six minutes, if Kaprizov's not around, you know, if he can get himself in the upwards of 60 to 65, I feel like, you know, I feel like that's good enough. I feel like, you know, that's what you signed for with this kid. And, you know, hopefully he can improve on that. Yeah, I completely agree. For me, I'm going to, you know, hop right on your bandwagon there and say Matthew Boldy as well. And as Tom alluded to uh, before, you know, you put it perfectly. Boldy is a highly anticipated prospect for the Minnesota Wild, and he could potentially be a Kaprizov clone, which is really good to hear for those that are worried about Kaprizov not being a member of the Minnesota Wild this upcoming year. But I got to give two honorable mentions here. So an honorable mention first, I'm going to give to Marco Rossi, who could make the lineup out of camp. But we'll just see. After battling COVID in January, which sidelined him indefinitely, uh, he started on ice training this past June. And uh, the general manager, Bill Guerin, remarked that he's been making very good progress and he's back on track now in his development to not only battle for a spot out of camp, but also potentially make the roster for Team Austria for the Winter Olympics. It's exciting stuff for him right now. Another honorable mention I'm going to put out here is Jordan Greenway, who I think could see plenty of time on that top line for the Minnesota Wild this year. At 23 years old last year, he had 32 points in 56 games, six goals and 26 assists. He was quite the playmaker, which is weird to look for him because 
Dude is six six. A guy that size you'd think is more of the enforcer type, but no, he was a quite the playmaker last year for Minnesota. And I think he could be in line to have a career year if he gets a full 82 game season. The last time he had uh, an 81 seat, what 81 game season was his rookie year in 2018, where he had 12 goals, 12 assists for 24 points in limited time. He only averaged about 13 minutes of average ice time in his rookie year. Now, over the past two years, he's up to about 15 minutes of ice time. This year, he could go up even more, be, maybe be at that 16, 17-minute average ice time this year. Jordan Greenway could be a person to really kind of look for this year for the Minnesota Wild. But speaking of him possibly being on that first line, let's talk the potential opening night lineup here, which we got to preface it with this. It's the beginning of September right now as of recording this. So a lot of things could change between now and when the season begins in October. We just have to see. We're also assuming that Kirill Kaprizov does, in fact, end up on the opening night lineup for the Minnesota Wild right now. We're going to be cautiously optimistic here and just assume that he's going to be in the lineup on day one of the season. So with that being said... What could the opening night lineup potentially look like for the Minnesota Wild? Well, got to start off, as always, with forward line one. And we're moving from left to center to right, left wing, center, and right wing. We've got Jordan Greenway with Joel Erickson-Eck and Marcus Felino. Moving on to line two, Kirill Kaprizov, the Calder Trophy winner from last year, as we mentioned before with Victor Rask and Matt Zuccarello. On to line three, we've got the rookie Matthew Boldy with Ryan Hartman and Kevin Fiala. And then moving on to line four, we've got Nico Sturm, Frederick Goudreau, and Nick Bukestad. Moving on to the first line of defense, we've got Jonas Brodeen with Matt Dumba. Not a bad first defense pairing there. Moving on to defense line two, Alex Goligoski with Jared Spurgeon. Another decent line there. And... Finally, defense line three, the newcomers, Dmitry Kulikov and John Merrill, both former Devils. Uh, just wanted to point that out there just because, well, Devils jersey. Yeah, didn't have a Minnesota jersey. I just needed to go with something that was close to color. And, well, let's just be honest. The uh, reverse retro for the Devils basically looks like the Minnesota Wild jersey. There's just no two ways about it. And then lastly, the goaltending. I decided to kind of go a 1A, 1B situation here because I honestly think – between Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen, I think they're going to get close to an even split, maybe 55-45 in favor of Cam Talbot, maybe close to 60-40 in favor of Cam Talbot. But if Capo Kakinen performs well, he could easily slip into that 1A situation. But Cam Talbot right now is the de facto 1A for the Minnesota Wild, with Capo Kakinen being the default 1B solution for the Minnesota Wild. So I got to say, it's not a bad-looking lineup for Minnesota. It's really not. It's really a decent lineup top to bottom. But now we got to talk about some variables because some things could change between now and October. Some things could change between October to the trade deadline in March. So we got to talk about that and address that right now. Tom, what do you think are some variables to this lineup? I mean, the obvious one here is Kirill Kaprizov. Um as of today, he has no new contract. There's no agreement in place, and there's no guarantee that he will be back in Minnesota. But believe it or not, 
Today is September 7th. And believe it or not, this actually pro it probably bodes better for the Minnesota Wild as it goes on. Reason being, the KHL season has started. It started about a week ago. And he's not playing in the KHL right now for CSKA in Moscow, which was rumored way back in the summertime that he would join up with them if he didn't get the contract he wanted. Um, another variable here is a curious case of Marco Rossi. You know, he was highly regarded in that 2020 draft. Minnesota drafted him, obviously. He didn't really play last year, you know, because of COVID. After the World Juniors, he got very, very sick with COVID, had a lot of problems, had to return to Austria, and didn't play at all. And even if he wanted to play last year, he wouldn't have been able to because his junior team, the Ottawa 67s, the entire OHL season shut down last year. They didn't play a single minute. And he didn't play in Austria, obviously, because his health wasn't good enough. Um, on September 23rd, he's going to turn 20 years old, which means he will age out of junior hockey, which means he's eligible to go play for the Iowa Wild. Um, if he, uh, should he turn heads early in camp, except to be with the big club, if he tears it up in the AHL, expect them to expect them to be there. Or if they have an injury to start, expect them to be there. I do think you'll see Rossi in the NHL this year before it's all said and done. You might just not see him there at the very beginning. Um, there's one other thing I want to address here, and it actually has nothing to do with the wild. Um, yesterday during our, um, uh, Winnipeg Jets season preview, I posed a question about players who were in the AHL last year and who should have been playing in junior but couldn't for reasons beyond their control. I actually did look it up today. There's a rule in place this year that if you play 20 games in the AHL last year and you're a Canadian junior player under 20 years old, if you play 20 or more games in the AHL, you're eligible to play again in the AHL this season, and you don't have to return to your junior team. I thought this might be a problem with Rossi until I looked his birthday up. And like I said before, I hate to sound like a broken record. He is aged out of the OHL, so he can no longer play there. So he will definitely be in the AHL and possibly the NHL. Yeah, and I agree completely with your assessment there. You know, it's going to be interesting to see with Kaprizov and with Rossi. I mean, I think, like you mentioned, the obvious variable is Kirill Kaprizov. Will he be a Minnesota Wild this year? I'm going to cautiously optimistically say yes. But we still need to see it happen. Also, just from looking up and down this line, this lineup is not bad whatsoever. But this team is hurting up the middle. Even if Rossi cracks this lineup, which if he cracks this lineup, is likely going to be lining up at center. But you look up and down at that center depth, your best center is Joel Erickson Eck, which is fine. Erickson Eck is a perfectly fine NHL player. Is he a top-line center? Maybe not. He might not necessarily be a top-line center, but you're fine right now if he is. But you're kind of hoping that Marco Rossi eventually takes that role in the next few years. That being said, they're still hurting up the middle. You've got between... Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, between Erickson Eck, Rask, Hartman, and... Oh, God. Who was the other person I mentioned? Frederick Goudreau. Rossi could fill into that top nine role, but he might need a little bit more seasoning. Could Minnesota go out and find another center in the meanwhile? Could they go out and maybe pick up Ryan Donato, who's still sitting out in free agency, who they also had in the past? You know, it's left to be seen what happens there. Needless to say, though, I really do like Minnesota's uh, lineup this year. The other thing I will mention here is could Kalen Addis Addison, who is another one of their 
top prospects on defense. Could he eventually get a cup of coffee this year at the NHL level? He's 21 years old. It's possible that he could be ready come maybe middle of the year, maybe towards the end of the year after the Olympic break. That's going to be another thing to watch for the Minnesota Wild this year. But it's time to move on to our last segment, our question of the day, which the question of the day remains the same as always. Where did the Minnesota Wild end up and finish in the Central Division? Tom, let's start with your assessment. Where does Minnesota finish in the Central? You know, it's hard for me to put my finger on it. Uh, like I said, the biggest variable, the biggest question mark is where is Kirill Kaprizov? That's the thing. No one knows. Is he going to be there on day one of camp? Is he not? Will he sign before the season? Will he hold out? And here's a whole other thing that we haven't addressed that nobody has really addressed, and it's a huge elephant in the room with him. Sophomore jinx. How many times have you seen guys come in and win rookie of the year, and then the next year they, you know, the next year they decline? Am I saying it will happen? No. Could it happen? Yes. It could very well happen. So with or without Kaprizov, and just with this this weak center depth, we don't know what's going to happen with Rossi. The cap situation isn't good, especially if they give Kaprizov the money he wants, and they have to move Dumba out for you know for some offensive help or just for some relief. I hate to say it, but I got to say sixth place right now. Right now, the Chicago Blackhawks and the St. Louis Blues, who we have yet to discuss, I look at those rosters, and there's just more of a short thing on those rosters right now than what I see on this one. So I'm going with sixth place. I might get crucified for this, but I'm just calling it like I see it. Hey, you guys, you guys want to comment on it, how you see it, please? You know, I'll be very happy to discuss it with you. It's a fair assessment, and I don't begrudge it whatsoever. And... I'll add this little nugget in for Kaprizov and another player he's very similar with in terms of you know Calder winning. Because the last player that I remember who won the Calder Trophy but didn't really have a hangover season the year after was the last time an undrafted rookie won the rook- the Calder Trophy, Artemi Panarin. I know, him. I know him. Yeah, you know him very well. <laughs> so... And think about the parallels with Kirill Kaprizov. The the parallels are absolutely there between both of them. It's entirely possible that Kaprizov, if he plays for the Minnesota Wild this year, does not have that hangover like other rookies have. But that I don't think said, he will, but, but I'm just saying there, that there's always that potential. I don't think he will, but it's just something that ha- hasn't been discussed. Certainly. That being said, will the Wild miss Kaprizov if he does not play? Absolutely. But you know what this team does have and why I also gave a team like the Seattle Kraken the benefit of the doubt? Solid defense and a solid forward core. Kaprizov would be the icing on the cake. But if if Kaprizov does actually play, they could finish much higher than what I'm actually going to predict. But I'm not predicting this based on Kaprizov being in the lineup despite us actually you know, projecting him to be in the lineup. I think even without Kaprizov, the Wild will finish, and this might be controversial, the Wild will finish in fourth place. I honestly like this defense core that much. Plus, I also think their top forwards between Kevin Fiala, Matt Zuccarello, Jordan Greenway, Joel Eriksson-Eck, and even Matthew Boldy, I think they're a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for. And I think they're going to show that this year. I could eat my words also. We're just going to have to see. But as always, guys, what do you guys think? Do you guys disagree or agree with our assessment? 
make sure that you let us know down below in the comments section. And hey, while you're there, if you're here on YouTube, drop a like and also subscribe for all of our team previews coming up because, hey, you might not necessarily be a fan of the Minnesota Wild, but we are previewing all 32 teams leading up to the beginning of the NHL season, so you don't want to miss any of what we are covering. But you can also find all of our coverage down below at i80sports.com where not only can you find the rest of our NHL content and team previews, NFL season is beginning this weekend, so... You definitely want to make sure you check out our NFL, NCAA football, MLS, and NBA coverage there as well. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you are currently following, thank you guys so much because we greatly appreciate all of your support. But it's time to move on to a different team. It's time to move away here from the Minnesota Wild. I'm Brian. He's been Tom. This has been our Minnesota Wild 2021-2022 team preview.